Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What the fuckeristas? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. If you're new to the podcast, we've been at it since 2009, creating a interesting conversation all over the map for uh, for over a decade, well over a decade. We're we're doing this a long time. Thank you for listening. How are you? Look, today on the show, here's the deal. We get pitched guests from a booking agent, and Hunter Biden was uh, pitched. He's got a book out, Beautiful Things, a memoir. It's out tomorrow. So I talked to my producer, Brendan McDonald. He says, what do you think of Hunter Biden? I'm like, I don't know. Do we need to get into that? Do we need to get uh, tossed around? Uh, by the, the the cultural tsunami that follows that guy. And what is that guy, really? And who is he? And uh, I don't I have no sense of him. And so I was like, nah, we don't need it. You know, he'll be all right without doing our show. And I don't know. I just don't know. It doesn't feel good. And then I st- it started bothering me. Like, I, I, I judge this guy based on what? Based on nothing. I've never seen him. I've never heard him talk. I know he had a drug problem. I know that the right wing machine sought to destroy him or destroy his father through him that he had this horrendous drug problem and i just assumed that he was like a sociopathic douchebag you know that was my i i mean what that that's what i got in my head but then it then i started it started to bother me i was like nah, this hunter biden thing you know it was just sort of eating at me i'm like look man i've uh you know i'm a recovering guy I don't really know what this guy's story is. And then I started thinking about like, what has it got to be like to be trying to recover when you're being used as some sort of whipping boy by the right, by all the right wing press being judged by the right and left, but they're seeing you as some sort of portal into, uh, into th- some nefarious conspiracy and they're hammering and hammering and hammering. How, how do you, how does a human, let alone a, a a drug addict trying to stay clean deal with that so you know i started thinking about like what is it like to be this guy how did he handle it this crack addicted son of our current president 
And look, I started to think, I, I know how to talk to these guys. If he's got a little sobriety, I know how to talk that. I know how to talk to drug addicts. I've, I've met these guys before. I know low-bottom uh, addicts who've dug out. I just started to think like, well, get me the book. You know, and, and I read the book and it just, I'll tell you, man, it's just most people probably have no idea, really, thankfully, what it's like to be in deep addiction, like to really not have any control over it, but to feel that need to do that stuff that you no longer are concerned about yourself, the, the, the depth of self-destruction and depravity. I stayed in that groove. I'm like, well, let's see who this guy is. Let me reach out to this Hunter Biden as a sober guy and have this conversation. Let's do it. I, you know, at the, at the bottom of all this, it's like I like to have conversations with people about who they are, what they come from, what they do, what they want, how they got to where they are. You know what I do here. And I just knew that, you know, out of the gate, this was going to be just from doing a little research before I read the book. I knew that uh, he was a, like a total mess uh, with the marriages and the relationship with his brother's widow, all the accusations of him using like he clearly uh, traded on his family name to help with jobs. Uh, I didn't think he committed any crimes in doing that, but it seems pretty obvious that he he did use his name for personal gain, though I assume that it's hard to know. I mean, he he is a, a Yale-educated lawyer, but he is a Biden. But I, I imagine that gets a little blurry. But it was because of this that he was an easy target of people looking to to hurt Joe Biden to hurt Joe Biden's political prospects. He was the easiest target, in fact, Hunter was. And if you look into it, which I did, a lot of the stuff the right wing tried to use against him was transparently just an attempt to hurt his father. Nothing else. They basically tried to run the crooked Hillary playbook on Joe Biden by turning Hunter's business dealings into this financial conspiracy that involved Joe Biden and and uh, dubious corrupt forces in the Ukraine. And, you know, it was such a flimsy case that Trump got impeached by trying to manufacture it. And a lot of the accusations against Hunter were just they were just tabloid fodder that attacked his character for being a drug addict like all, like all that shit with his his laptop i mean who the fuck cares about his laptop even the people who said they looked at this stuff on the laptop couldn't come up with anything the guy had a an insanely dark struggle with drugs but he did survive that and he and he has to this point survived this onslaught of political contempt but he's not out of the woods in any real way. I mean, he has a reprieve, as we call it, in the recovery racket around that stuff. And if he if he does the work, you know, he can stay sober. But I mean, the Justice Department currently is looking into his taxes. There's an investigation that could end up with him in prison. You know, there's still a lot of struggle on the horizon for this guy. So I just want to I, I want to make that clear because that was my sense. You know, outside of all of the made up shit, there's some very tangible, very real problems. And uh, my intention in this conversation is not to 
clear his name or set anything straight for the uh, right-wing attack machine. It's not what we're doing here. So that's the kind of stuff I was thinking about going into this. So I read Hunter's book, and it's very clear who this guy is. And I hadn't... I don't, I don't think I'd realize just how deep into addiction he was and, and just how recently. He's only got a couple years clean. And I got to be honest with you, at the end of the book, like, you know, sometimes when you read these books, it's sort of like, well, that's, uh, you know, he's got a little hindsight and that was an uplifting story. I'm glad he kicked it and he's, you know, uh, and I learned a lot from it. But at the end of this book, I got to be honest, I was still concerned about this guy. I still wasn't sure that he was okay. And I brought that into the conversation and I really didn't know what to expect because I had not seen him talk. I did. You know, I, I, I've met a lot of drug addicts in my journey uh, in sobriety and, and also in using, you know, I made assumptions about this guy's character. As I said at the beginning, I didn't know if he would be sort of a, you know, like a, if he was going to work me, if he was going to hustle me, if he was going to charm me, if he wasn't going to be candid with me, if he was a sociopath, I didn't know what. Is he a good guy? That seemed like a long shot. And right when he got here, you know, I asked him if he wanted coffee because we all want coffee, all of us addicts. You you just say you want coffee? Yeah, of course I want coffee. I always want coffee. Where are you taking it? Two sugars. No milk, sugars. I I do it black. But this guy, as I said, he's only a couple years out of it. Gonna have a couple sugars in that coffee. You know, he, he's definitely been humbled. I don't think he's got another life in him. I think he's used them all up. I do feel, after talking to him, a bit concerned about his sobriety and his well-being, oddly, because uh, I don't know him, but that's just the nature of uh, what we do as uh, recovering people. But I found him to be a very uh, sensitive guy, very raw and, uh, and open. Uh, his new book is called Beautiful Things, a memoir. It releases tomorrow. You can get it wherever you you get your books, and it's a it's a, it's an incredible document about more than anything else grief and the effects of grief in life, and then just addiction. Uh, it's out tomorrow. You can get it wherever you get books. This is me talking to Hunter. Bob. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Biden. Well, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, thank you. I read the book, 
And I got to be honest with you, as a as a guy who's done a share of drugs, it uh, at the point where you uh, where you say, <laughs> "I got to take a break." Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to take a break because I'm about to. I'm about to. It's triggering too much. Yeah, hey, yeah. You were a pretty legendary uh, crackhead, man. Oh, God! <laughs> I swear to God, I. I don't. I mean, I shouldn't be here. No, I, it's crazy. You yeah. know, because I. I mean, I'm coming up on. I guess this is my 22nd year. Yeah, yeah. I listen to you all the time. So oh, you I do. Got, yeah, exactly. Oh, so you know what the door yeah. story is. Yeah. Well, what are you? How are you doing it? Do you feel like you're out of the woods? How are you doing? Are you doing the, the thing? Are you doing the the regular way? The now, uh, secret meetings? No. Well, I I have been. You know, we have a mutual um, acquaintance. You know, Moby. Yeah. 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 What about he's helping you out? Yeah. Well, I mean. There's a, like a a whole crowd of people mm. here, yeah. I, and I didn't. I mean, he was a friend of a friend, and he just showed up at the house before COVID, and uh-huh. he was like, "Hey, man, yeah, you know, you need someone to talk to. You need someone to take you to a meeting. I'm here." Yeah, and, you know, I first got um, clean and sober, sober in uh, 2003, and uh, that was the first. That was yeah. it. Goes back that far. Yeah. So and 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 you know. I mean, I ran b- big book meetings. I literally so three hours every Sunday. I never yeah. missed a meeting in probably like five years. I mean, I was like, I was serious about it. And what what led up to that one? It's like the one thing I have a hard time putting together in the book is like the yeah. timeline, the cash, yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah, and the bouncing around, like you know where it got bad, when it got bad. Yeah, because I know when I was using. Yeah, that what becomes very tangible is that you're going to become untethered from a moral compass. Or 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 the reality that you once knew that there's yeah. a line, yeah, where you're like, if I cross that line, then I'm I'm you know there there's there's no safety. It's all going to be gambler's luck after this. Yep, yeah, and and it's sort of a commitment to a life, and and you're pretty clear about that. You're like, yeah, I at, at some point you're at like, the end. Yeah, I'm, I was. Like, I'm this guy. There, there's no getting better. That's it. Yeah, that's and that's it. that's like a horrendously terrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. it's sort of like, a, in retrospect, it reminded me a little of leaving Las Vegas. Like, you, you, you can't seem to succeed in killing yourself, but you no longer care if you do or not. That was exactly it. I mean, it was almost it was almost um, as if uh, that movie was playing uh, right, in, right in front of my eyes. Right. It, it wasn't a concerted effort to go out and jump off a bridge. Right. But I might as well have gone yeah. out and jumped off a bridge. It was a, it was a much, you know, slower way. Yeah. Um, but you know, I first got sober in two thousand and three. It was drinking, and um, right. How and old was, were you, man? You were. I was in two thousand and three. It was thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah, thirty three. Got that, sober. Stayed sober for just close to eight years. Oh, so you had some yeah, real time. I got, I got uh, my sobriety date was the day Johnny Cash died, uh-huh. and um, I went to rehab. Picked up the twelve steps. Yeah, it was very you know, and it saved my life. And yeah. it, I mean, absolutely one hundred saved my life. And by the way, it didn't only save my life then; it saved my life this time. Being able to have some of those tools. Yeah. Um. At the outset, I stayed sober through the program, the first go. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I had this. I had this counselor in my first rehab. Yeah. And he told me a story. He got sober. He got really into the program. Yeah. He became kind of a speaker. Yeah. And was flying all over the country. Sure. He became a-, a uh, Big time. A, yeah, big time. He was a counselor. Yeah. And he was on a plane. Yeah. And seven, seven years sober. He's yeah. on a plane back from some speaking engagement on, yeah. you know, the sober life. Right. He got on the plane and he said like four days later, he woke up in, um, you know, in a different, in a different fucking city. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and seven years. Yeah. So- 
seven years in. Yeah. I'm on a plane. Yeah. By myself. Right. No one else around. The flight attendant rolls up with the cart. Yeah. And says, hey, you know, would you like a drink? Yeah. And I said, I'll have a Bloody Mary. <laughs> Just like, like, it, like it was like, another day. It was another day. Yeah. That started this, it, because relapse is so goddamn insidious. Well, yeah, yeah. and then and once you've had, like, if you got uh, seven years of program, then you got to drown that out, and uh, you got to drown out whatever the awful. fuck else and is And then you're on. lying to everybody, and you think nobody can tell you're drinking, so then I went back to rehab, and then I and then I relapsed again. But and, what yeah. was that, you know, I don't, I don't know how many people, you know, know the full story of of the sort of ongoing you know, tragedy uh, of your family. Yeah. How old were you when your mother was killed? I was just about three. So it's you in the car with, with yeah. Bo, your brother, and, yeah. and your two sisters? No, my one sister. The one sister yeah. who was younger than you. Yeah. And your mother. Yeah. And she was a year and a, about a year and a half uh, younger. Bo, is, Bo and I are a year and a day apart. Yeah. February 3rd and 4th. Yeah. And then um, Naomi, Christina, which we called Caspi. Caspi right. was, was in the car. And um, we were out uh, buying a Christmas tree. It was right after my dad got elected. In uh, 1972, he was 29 years to old. To the Senate. Yeah, to the Senate. And we got broadsided by a, a tractor trailer. And um, and we both spent a lot of time in the hospital together. And um, But my mom and my sister died in, in that, uh, in the accident. Yeah. And I, you know, I always, I never, you know, this whole, you know, you know in the program. Yeah. Or it, 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 a lot of guys still say, like, you're an alcoholic because you're a goddamn alcoholic. Sure. You're an addict because you're an addict. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else. Mm. And I kind of adopted that because I felt really guilty about the idea of th- seeing anything as trauma, you know? Um, when As I trauma. Had, yeah. Yeah. Because so much of my life was, um, I mean, I had an incredible life growing up as a kid. You know, I mean, my we, I said we remarried my mom. Um, uh, Jill, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was uh, seven, eight years old, and you know, but I had my aunts and my uncles. We were raised by my whole family. Yeah, how, did, have, yeah. did you ever do any EMDR or anything like that? No, I haven't. I just, oh, I, you know, I did a little bit of it. Yeah. A little bit of it. it. One of the one. Of, I mean, I've done. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have been a goddamn professional. In, um, I mean, I've done everything from you know ayahuasca to ibogaine to five. Yeah, I read about to, that. Some yeah, old school yeah, shit. And, yeah. But but like, because yeah. I I just wonder, like, do you? Because there's some there's some element to like, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll be honest, like you know, I'm reading the book, and and I and you're you're talking about you know growing up in the Senate, you and Bo, you and Bo, and 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 you know the loss of Bo, which we yeah. we'll talk about. But you know when when you start right when you start talking about crack, like all of a sudden it's like you're in you're in it. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a there's an immediacy to the writing. There's yeah. a passion to it. Yeah. Because there's something ever present, like you know, when you think about crack or you do crack or drugs or dr- whatever your thing was, you know, you're not. It's it's different than nostalgia because th- th- this th- that was a guaranteed thing, man. I mean, it's like the way you describe it is like you could always count on crack. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Like if you got the good shit. Yeah, and then the rest of the stuff trying to f- sort of frame the darkness of of your life. And and you know, it, it. I never felt that you were saying that you were drinking or using drugs because of that. I just, yeah, I just felt that you drank and you used drugs because you drank and you used drugs. Yeah. But but I guess my my question is, 
Do you ever feel, like really feel, and not just like speculate that the traumatic uh, loss of your mother created, you know, a tangible void? A hundred percent. Is it? Have you ever watched? Um, have you uh, seen the Doctor Gabor Mate? Have you watched? Yeah, him? yeah, I, I've like, read his did, stuff. Like, TED Talk, and I haven't. Uh, yeah, I, I've read about half of his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and as the first person I saw that explained it, that that. Um, spoke to me about trauma being mm. like the center of a, of all addiction. Really, and um, and it made me open my eyes to the idea that you know there's a lot more work than just uh, which this isn't obvious than just abstinence. You know, I mean, I had all the tools of the twelve steps, which right. I think are you know at least saved my life yeah. um, a number of times. But the, the 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 work that I hadn't done, which by the way. Part of this book was doing that work. Yeah. It was literally going through and talking about those things. Yeah. Talking about the accident and talking about losing Bo. And I am absolutely certain now is it that, you know, like I talk about that, you know, yeah. we talk about it when we're in the rooms, that that, that God-sized hole that you, you're trying to fill. Sure. And um, and that, to me, is that trauma. Is is It's not the excuse it's not the it's not the the reason, but it's certainly the thing that I I think I'm trying to um, figure well, that, out. Well, that sense of uh, like you know uh, you know there one day gone the next, and the, the brutality of the accident, and then just sort of that you know like a lot of, like I imagine that your sense of like need had to be you know intensified throughout your life. I mean, if, I felt that in the way you talked about your brother and yeah. the sort of. The, the the relationship there that y y y you know that you do seem to rely on people a lot yeah yeah <laughs> and by the way, and 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 that relationship the the uh, when I lost Bo I mean I I think I definitely convinced myself my whole life that the one thing that I couldn't possibly lose was my brother yeah is that I just couldn't be without him yeah. is that um and I would say to people when he died. It literally felt like I lost like half my vocabulary. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know. I I felt like um uh like half a person for real. And I didn't. I, and you were. This was just like five years ago, six yeah, years ago. Yeah. So you're in your forties. Yeah. Yeah. Forty. Uh, Forty five or forty five. Yeah. And when you guys were growing up with, uh, like, because I, I have to assume, obviously, your father, like, once, I guess, when he met Jill, that, that probably leveled him off a bit, right? Yeah. And, and but all of us. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, people, um, I think, out of courtesy, like, say, my stepmom or my, you know, but right. she's my mom. Right. And, and um, we reformed a family. And, yeah. And, and we had a great family. And, yeah. I mean, my family is incredibly close. I mean, my... When my mom died, my uncle, uh, my uncles Frankie and Jimmy moved into the, um, you know, made the garage. They still around? Apartment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my uncle Jimmy's my best friend in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I. Uh, Is your dad's brothers? Yeah, my dad's brothers. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, uh, are you guys an Irish clan? Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Except my mother, who's Sicilian, uh -huh. and she makes everybody remember it all the time. <laughs> but um. Yeah, but my yeah, you know, and my grandparents. I mean, I saw my grandparents every day. I, you know, I I slept over my grandparents' house. My uh, we called them mama and dad on my dad's side every you know three days a week until I graduated high school. Uh, really, yeah. and they, everybody and was in, in Delaware, yeah. and everybody was in Delaware an hour. What? Everybody was in literally twelve minutes of each other. 
That's like yeah. I remember that with my grandparents. Like they, everybody was in New Jersey; they were yeah. within you know forty-five minutes away. Yeah. When somebody made dinner, everybody would show up yeah. for dinner. Yeah. I mean, we and and that has always been us. And um, when Bo died, um, I think it was unimaginable for any of us. Um, Bo and I had become such a center of the of the of the story of my whole family. Well, um, how did that start? Like you guys, obviously, you know, after your 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 biological mom and was killed that you know what do you think it was about Bo's you know fortitude around it to handle it and sort of like you know somehow look out for you the way he did you're only a year apart but there seems to be a difference in disposition yeah I don't know yeah you know that's a question I I haven't spent much time thinking about the ways in which Bo and I were different right because I've spent I I never saw a separation between us now we were really different and look my brother was no saint, but he was about as close to it as you get. Uh-huh. I mean, really. I mean, yeah. they, it, <laughs> we called him the sheriff. Yeah. You know, literally. I mean, all his friends. And I mean, he was the guy that literally would walk into a party and said, you know, okay, you stop drinking. Yeah. That person would stop drinking. Right. And he was never a, you know, I mean, and he was funny as shit. Yeah. I mean, he had the greatest sense of humor. And it was just a choice that he made. And I made the choice to drink. Mm. And, um, he drank. He just didn't drink. Oh, no, he. I mean, he literally didn't have a drink until he was twenty-one. So never through high school, and huh. um, and not until he was a senior. And then he drank for you know, like socially. And your old man, he he doesn't drink at all. Right? He didn't drink at all either. Why is that? Yeah, I think because that you know, he, I think he saw other people that we were you know that not that were close to or their family. You or, got family? You know, is it in there? Yeah, I mean, we come from a big Irish family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of Finnegans, and yeah. I've actually the Finnegans. I now learned that you know, I mean, we're incredible, incredible. That's you your know, dad's mom. My dad's mom, uh-huh. yeah, um, Catherine Eugenia Finnegan, uh-huh. who is the uh, who is the source of all all good in yeah. in our family. Uh-huh. And, but my on my on my grandfather's side, um, you know, Joe Biden Senior. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of alcoholism, and I think it's and my dad. I think saw that i don't i don't know exactly why i chose not to but you're so your grandfather but, joe biden senior was a was alcoholic no he was not an alcoholic oh. but uh, but i think uh, it, his uncles and oh, yeah, his yeah, yeah. you know i mean yeah yeah so so a lot of people died young of things that that we're not really sure of so right so <laughs> yeah. so you, so you yeah. think your old man saw that and just I said i'm not gonna do yeah. it, not yeah. gonna do it. Yeah. exactly and but i you, think that bo you know got got that got that same message you know i don't know how people and it's just like I don't know. I mean, the first time I drank, all I knew is that, you know, I was uh, four foot eleven. I weighed ninety pounds. I was a freshman in high school, and I asked the, um, you know, the five foot eight senior girl to the prom. Now she laughed at me, yeah. But I got up the nerve at the party to go ask her to the prom <laughs> from drinking. Yeah, from drinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so yeah. in that moment, I was both embarrassed but really proud of myself. Yeah. Um. And you know, I felt like for a moment, you know, that moment when all was right in the world. Yeah. And. And then you chase that, literally. You know, I found the most insidious drug I ever used was alcohol. Yeah. I mean, by far. I mean, it's the only drug that, you know, you could die from, uh, you know, uh, withdrawn from. It's the only drug. But also, you can kind of do it around regular people. Exactly. And it's literally, in every, and, you know, it, and it's hard to avoid it. Yeah. But the, the, the thing that grabbed me in a way that nothing else ever had um, was crack. Yeah. When when you're growing up, though, like, I'm just curious as to, because, you know, you spent a lot of time, you're, like, in some ways, because, you know, your father's the president now, 
and he was the vice president for eight years. But in some ways, I have to assume that from a very young age, when you grow up in politics, in, you know, your dad's a senator, he's a popular senator. Everybody yeah. knows him. He, uh, you know, he's well-respected in, in the state. That, like, on some level, there's this idea, like, you know, when you start getting targeted yeah. by the right and everything else, yeah. that, that there's some part of you that, because I know you know that you're the son of the president, and I know that you know you were the son of the candidate who was going to be president and the vice president, but on another level, I mean, there's the weight to that, but you also, I think, when you grow up like you did, yeah. that president is just the, the biggest promotion you can get. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what president yeah. is, but you're around presidents. Yeah. You're around senators. You're around government. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't register quite the same way, or am I wrong? No, to a certain degree, you are. I mean, that that's I'm what right I, or wrong. You're, you're right. Oh, um, that it doesn't register until it happens. Right, <laughs> and because it's exponentially different. I mean, exponentially when they different. become vice president, when president. they become vice president, mm. from senator to vice president, exponentially mm. different, mm. and then become president, exponentially different. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we grew up in Delaware. Right. My dad commuted every day. Yeah, and. On in the Delaware. Amtrak, yeah, yeah. On, on, on the Amtrak, yeah. of which I was on the board of that, yeah. that the, the Amtrak. But um, uh, was but he the, commuted your first day. gig. A, was that your first gig? As a no, board? no, I, I I was I was ten years into being a lawyer. Um, right. And I, you know, I mean, this is one of the other things I've served on well over a dozen boards. Yeah. I mean, I was a chairman of the board of the World Food Program U.S., yeah. which yeah. is you know supports the U.N. World Food Program, which just won the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, yeah. it's the largest humanitarian organization. I served on. Like beyond a, a, a uh, you know a healthy number of boards, and all most of them all nonprofits, um, right? But but so he's going to the anyway. He's, he's commuting to work. He's commuting to work. Yeah. And and in Delaware, like you know, Bo and I would be you know when we were like sixteen, seventeen years old, and you get pulled over for speeding. It, yeah. it wasn't like you know there was no trepidation on the part of the, uh, the the Delaware State Police officer to literally walk up to the car and like look down and say oh your dad is going to kill you you know <laughs> right, wait right. till i tell wait right. till i tell joe i yeah. i'm going to see him down at the train station and you know he was joe <laughs> and it, Delaware is small so it's Delaware's great, small yeah, I mean, yeah. 750,000 people it's yeah. like growing up in a town and you know everybody knew us mainly because of the tragedy, but it's so small. And we were always with my dad, by choice, always with my dad. Like you'd go up to the Capitol, hang out. And- well, I mean, we would all, we'd go down to D.C., but literally get off the train, go to his office as kids, yeah. you know, run around the Russell building, yeah. and then, you know, ride the subway cars between that and the Capitol, and, you know, and then get back on the train with him and go home. Right. So it's now, like your playground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh and I, we and we never lived in DC. Yeah. And um so I didn't grow up knowing any other, you know, senators' kids. I uh-huh. didn't, you know, and you know, my dad was listed as the, you know, the five hundred and thirty fifth um uh poorest person in Congress. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, you know, he, I think he left um he left the Senate with l- less assets than anyone in the history of of, uh, well, of the body. It strikes me that, you know, he's he's like a a real civil servant i mean a hundred percent you know all of those the, the the qualities that i think uh the good qualities that people see in my dad is it's it's not only not i mean it's it's real beyond even that you know I mean, and that, is that yeah. a lot of was that a lot of pressure for you Did, i mean which which part well, I mean, which, which just, stage uh, as, a, as a kid growing up well no. just right you just looked up to him yeah but yeah. It, at one, but at some point when you started to realize 
your expectations out of yourself and perhaps what you thought your ex- your father's expectations were? I mean, when did it start to weigh on you that you, you had a sort of like you, you didn't know what to do and, and you felt compelled to follow in in the footsteps of, of your father? And, and it seems like your brother was a little more focused on politics. Yeah. And he took a lot of that. I, I don't think any of either of us felt pressure. I always felt for children of people that are in powerful positions. Yeah. And you can see that they don't have that relationship with their with the dad like Bo and I had with my dad. Right. It must be such a burden. Yeah. I didn't ever view it that way. Bo was more certain that he wanted to go into politics. You know? I mean yeah. I grew up wanting to write and paint. You know, I mean that's yeah. what I wanted to do. What did you do that yeah. when you were a kid? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean and like in high school, like what like yeah. what were you like in high school? I mean, aside from getting drunk did you hang out with the freaks and the artists I, I, yeah both i mean i played football and i you know but i hung out with the guys in the smoking pit yeah you know what i mean when they still you know, had yeah, smoking I was, pits. I, 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 yeah i remember yeah they had yeah. to yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> just like, yeah. I, I remember like in my school you could smoke everywhere yeah but uh, in high school we're, i'm a little older than you i was able to move through i never i was never a jock of any kind but i definitely was able to talk to everybody freaks yeah. jocks 100 uh, percent. and that was so, my you know i mean I know when I when I applied to law school, I also applied to the writing program at Syracuse. Where'd you go to undergrad? I went to Georgetown. Oh, right, that's yeah. right. You yeah. were at Georgetown. Yeah, and so like and like, I, right. Well, I, I went to Georgetown. I graduated Georgetown, and I went and did a thing called the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. Where was that? It's like a domestic Peace Corps. Uh-huh. Um, I did it out in Portland, Oregon. I, my original posting was going to be to a, a Native American reservation mm-hmm. in. Uh, Eastern Washington State, but the volunteers that were there decided to stay. So this Jesuit priest I knew said, I'm from Portland. Portland's really cool. So I went to Portland. We we got a problem with the hipsters coming in. Yeah. We need you to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) By the way, that was just at the beginning. I know. That was like 1992, 93. Well, I mean, now, see, that's that's an interesting question. Like, so, like, how do you know to do something like that? I mean, you know, you graduate Georgetown. You're probably drinking pretty hard, right? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I mean, I drank, but I also did well, and you know, I spent a lot of time doing things that you know, I, I was, you know, worked for the Center Center for Immigration Policy and Refugee Assistance. I started. A but, but how does that happen? Like, well, how do you think you know you're how doing it happens things? for me? I mean, well, number one, because that's what I wanted to do. I what? knew that when I went, I knew when I went into college, the only thing that I was certain I wanted to do was go uh, to the Peace Corps. That's what I wanted to, to do. help people or to yeah. tra- or to travel. Which no, one? no, to help people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I'd be traveling to places that most people wanted to. And then there was this really cool Jesuit priest, Ted Deziak, that yeah. lived on that. When you go to Georgetown, there's a Jesuit priest lives on every floor. Um, and uh, and you know, I tell you the truth. I mean, we'd go and I'd drink Bushmills and. He had started a thing called the Jesuit International Volunteers, mm-hmm. and that was in Micronesia and in um, Nepal and a couple other places. And he asked me if I wanted to help him start a summer program. And so I did that, and we went to Belize, and we started the summer program for kids in Dangriga, Belize. And, and he talked me out of doing Peace Corps. He said, if you want to do something for, for people, yeah. there's a hell of a lot of people here at home that you need to do that, that could could use the help now is this a message yeah. of the jesuit school or was it just because you grew up in a family that both. was doing service both i knew what i wanted to do and i ended up in the jesuit volunteer corps which is non-ecumenical you don't have to be catholic sure. to be a part of it you'd live with other volunteers at the time you made 80 bucks a month you lived in a house you pulled your money for food and you know 
that was it, you know in 1992. I don't know what the the, the monthly stipend is now, but right. the idea was service, and right. um, and so I worked in a the basement of a church that I sat in a little office, and, yeah. and people would pick up the phone from the from the neighborhood that didn't have groceries right. or they couldn't get their lights turned on, and yeah. I'd advocate for them. But you also wanted to to write. And, yeah. and express yourself and be a painter. And, yeah. and so you took a year in the, there? Yeah, I did that. And and, um, and, you, and you applied to the graduate school. Yeah, exactly. And I applied to, um, my brother was at Syracuse at that time. And at Syracuse in the law, law school? school. Yeah, in law school. And so I applied there and I applied. For law? Yeah, for law. Uh-huh. And, um, but they had a great writing program mm. that, uh, that at the time Raymond Carver was there. Raymond Carver? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Tobias Wolf was there. Raymond Carver died, I think, um, yeah, uh, before I applied. But are you are you a big Raymond Carver fan? Yeah, I was really. Yeah, big it, it seems like you know, like yeah. your entire life are chapters in a Raymond Carver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there seems yeah. at this point there's a yeah. you're you're in the middle of a relatively yeah. happy ending. It's, it's, so it's between you know it's between a, a Raymond Carver and a Stephen King short story yeah. to tell you the truth. Oh, but the um so I applied there and and to do a, a dual degree in in, oh, in the writing, writing program. Law? Yeah, mm. yeah. But you know I thought about. Uh, applying to the Iowa Writers Program. And, oh, that's a big and, one. And, but then I got married and was um, and with a baby on the way. Um, now, it, so, it, what, what, yeah. how'd you meet her? At the Jesuit that's, Volunteer Corps. That's yeah. Kathleen? Yep. yep. And you met her in Portland? Yep. And uh, and you just started dating and, you know, yep. you weren't out of control in any way yet? No, no. You're just a normal- I was a normal- 20-something-year-old Yeah, 23-year-old. Yeah, yeah. hanging out in Portland. Yeah. A and, lot of time at Pal's Books drinking, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, a, yeah. a bottomless cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah, thinking. Yeah, thinking. Doing a lot of thinking. Doing the reading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing a lot of thinking. <laughs> Worried about the Jesuit priest down in El Salvador and, you know what I mean? Like, right, <laughs> sure. I mean, a, a lot of that. So, yeah. now, did you got married because she was pregnant or- uh, yeah, but we uh, we were in love. Yeah, we were in love. Yeah, and um and you know um, uh and uh, Naomi, my my daughter, was born in December of 1993, and I decided though to you know that being up in Syracuse was was in the in the winterland of Syracuse sure. rather than closer to home. Right, which I I decided to go to Georgetown and and go to law school. So you went to law school at at uh... I did my first year at Georgetown. And then I transferred to Yale. So you're saying to me that that the the the, the primary in, in, incentive was to 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 provide for the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I don't regret any any of it. You know, I mean, I don't regret any of it. That, yeah. that part of my life, I'm a beautiful part of my life. And um, and uh, and we spent two years in New Haven. I graduated from Yale. Because I just did all I, I didn't get in when I first Where'd got you there. go? Did you eat Sally's Pizza or the other one? The Sally's. You went to yeah, <laughs> Sally's. Actually, you know what the coolest thing was what? is that we had a little baby. Yeah. And I looked. And I, if you see a picture of me from there, yeah. I was 23, but I looked maybe 16 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, people would literally come up to us and say, "You know, where are your parents? Like, you like straighten that baby's head up in the stroller. You know, like you, they shouldn't be leaving you that that kid with you." Yeah. But we I, literally was probably the only people ever that didn't have to wait in line at the Sally's, not because of anything to do with my name. Yeah. But we would come and we'd have the, this <laughs> little baby. <laughs> be like, and you honey, like kids. And there was Flo that worked up at the. the uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I love Sally's. Yeah, Sally's, yeah. They, they, they made that. We lived right there. Oh yeah, on Court Street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I I just got introduced to the whole scene, the whole new oh, did you? Pizza okay, scene gotcha. yeah. when I played there not yeah. too long ago. And yeah. There's that other place that Peppy's. makes 
Pepe's is the yeah. other pizza. Yeah. What about that weird hamburger machine? The uh, oh, no, the, the the first ever hamburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Place. I used to go there with my uh, guy that is like an uncle to me, Roger. Every every Wednesday, he'd yeah, take we, me to. Uh, he, don't ask for you know, don't ask for cheese. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. You take They're it pretty the good way though, to give it. on toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. You know, it's a novelty yeah. item, and yeah. you're wondering. It's like it, yeah. it's one of those things. Been there forever. Yeah. Like there used to be a place in Harvard Square called the Tasty, which yeah. was on the corner. It was just this little counter. Yeah. Food was okay, but it's yeah. a novelty of it. And you're yeah. probably half shit faced yeah. when you're eating that hamburger. Usually, anyways. Yeah. I'm sure we're interested in a lot of people in our talk of Yale and Harvard. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking hamburgers. Yeah, hamburgers. We're exactly. talking about hamburgers and pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no elitism in hamburgers and pizza. No, it's just exactly. the location of the yeah. two places. Yeah. All right, so you, now you're a family man, and you're doing what you got to do to to get into the world where you can. Support your family. Yeah. You let go of the Raymond Carver dreams. Yeah. The sitting at the uh, coffee yeah. shop, writing, yeah. thinking. Exactly. And now you're, you're about to enter the, the game. Yeah. And how, how does that go? So you graduate the law degree. I graduate with a, a law degree. Now, how's the booze at this point? When do you graduate? Um, 1996. Okay. From law school. And- um, Two it, kids by then? No, one. Just a one. Yep. And, uh, and then to make a decision of, you know, whether to- Go work for a big law firm, yeah. Uh, I, because I I paid for my law school, and right? I paid for my college too. Um, and figuring out how to be able to handle the loans, and then uh, you know, I I'd, I'd worked at uh, the summers at um, some big law firms. I worked at I got offers from Skadden Arps, and you know, like uh, anyway. Now, are you yeah. feeling at this point yeah. like? Well, it's still pretty early, but I mean, do you feel at this point that your name is getting you anywhere? Well, it, I I mean. It's it's really hard to like separate the two, but sure. I, but I know this is it. I could have got. I mean, I went. I was at Yale Law School. No, I know. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I mean, like I wasn't. Uh, you know, I I I and wasn't. You did all right. What you did all right. I did real well. Yeah. And 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 um, and I was. You know, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I mean, work my ass off because yeah. one of the things is is that you know, the, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't care what your name is. Say you're, you, you know, in, in, whether it's acting or anything. Yeah. Is it, you know, your name can be, um, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, it, if you show up and you're Tom Cruise's kid and, you know, right. you may get the first movie, but you're not getting the next 10. <laughs> that, that, you know what that, I mean? I, that is true. And, that, I, that. and by the way, I mean, I don't know of any profession <laughs> in the world in which, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know many dentists that their dad wasn't a dentist. Well, well right. Yeah. If you're a shitty dentist, yeah. you don't last very long. That's right. <laughs> very long. But I think at yeah. some point, you know, yeah. when y- your life started to get away from you and, yes. and the nut be, you know, became too big for you to manage, yeah. that I think you did learn as your father grew in stature yeah. that, that the name did offer you some cachet. Yeah. yeah. But to, to, to your point, Figuring out how to filter that right. is one thing when your dad's a United States senator. Right. Figuring out how to filter that is another thing when he's, um, a, a whole other thing when he's vice president. And when you've got a habit. Uh, yeah, yeah. So when you do land a job, where, where's that first gig as a lawyer? I went to work for um, uh, a bank, MBNA, yeah. which is the largest credit card bank in America at the time. And well, I went you, to work as a lawyer. Oh, and you, you and then took, I you, And I couldn't take it. But you took some shit for that from the right. Oh, I mean, Michelle Malkin wrote an entire book about how my dad was, you know, uh, uh, a uh, bought off by the credit, credit card, card companies. companies. Now, they were the, you know, I mean, the banks at the time, the largest employers in the state of Delaware. And, um, but regardless, 
I went back and um, and a lot of really good people. I mean, yeah. I, I, but I only I only lasted for about a year and a half there because it was just too much or no because it was like i mean i went from you know thinking that i was gonna you know uh you know um write novels and um you know and paint um and and uh you know maybe work as a public defender yeah to going directly into working um for for a credit card bank um Doing what? I was a lawyer. You know, what does I would that do. Mean? Con- I would what, do what's contracts. The job? Oh. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, the contracts. They were the so, affinity marketing. Oh, I mean, so you know, immediately soul deadening is what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, again, like I, I got to make it clear because Delaware is a small place. I love the people that were there. I mean, really good people. But it wasn't for me. I yeah. mean, wearing my MBNA pin. Yeah. And you know, my blue suit. Yeah. With, with the white shirt and the specific tie on a daily basis. Um, and so I left and I went to work for the, um, uh, I went down to Washington and, yeah. uh, got a job with the Clinton administration and thinking again, like yeah. along the lines of public service. What were you doing so for them? I worked, I was, uh, I ended up working for Bill Daly at the Department of Commerce and I was the, uh, the longest title in, in government, I think. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> the executive director of e-commerce, <laughs> commerce policy coordination uh-huh. for the office of the secretary. <laughs> That's what my card actually said. <laughs> Wow. So when they called it e-commerce, two-sided card. Yeah, yeah. flip it over for <laughs> exactly. So when does when does it start to get away from you? When do you have that second so, kid? Right before I took that job, yeah, at Finnegan, yeah, and um and the second uh, kid, yeah, Finney. Um, and she her name is Finnegan. Finnegan James. Finney, Finnegan and Naomi. Yeah, and yeah. then my third is Maisie. Yeah, and um, but I have the second and. Administration ends, you know, and we're all waiting for the next administration, which is going to be the Gore administration. Right. Um, but no, that, but no, that doesn't there's happen. There's a numbers issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah a numbers <laughs> issue. Yeah. And um, I had to figure out what I was going to do, and I decided what I was going to do because I had a bunch of buddies that were, you know, riding high on the on the dot com bubble. And so what I did was I started my own law firm and uh, to focus on that. And then e-commerce. Yeah. And then you know, and then the bubble burst yeah. on that. <laughs> So I had to figure something else out. And what I figured out was a friend from, uh, yeah. there was a president of one of the Jesuit universities said right. we could use some help. We have a, uh, we uh, send teachers into this um, school in the t- toughest part of Philadelphia and we're looking for help with federal funding. And I said I'd help them. And so then I created a, a law firm that was uh, 90% of my business was um, representing Jesuit universities that were trying to get things like mobile dental clinics and... I mean, a whole host of- So again, service-oriented. Service-oriented, but I was making money, and and I was doing okay. And what happened was- Catholic Church got some bread. What? They got some bread, the Catholic Church. (laughs) A little bit of money (laughs) there. Yeah, exactly. But you know, but the incredible thing about Jesuit universities, they're the only schools that are still like, like it's the only school still in inner city Detroit. And you know, I mean, there's not a, at the time I was doing it, there was not a dentist office in the city limits of Detroit, except for- uh, Detroit universities, which is the Jesuit universities, um, Detroit Mercy's um, uh, dental school. Yeah. And so we got mobile dental. Cl- anyway, that's when I my drinking started to be uh, to get out of control. Two thousand. Yeah, and because you know you're, you're hanging out in D.C. and I yeah. decided to that I was going to try to do what my dad did, which is commute back to Delaware. Yeah. Because he could afford a house there rather than in dc and you know then i'd stay down a little bit longer and then i'd go to the you know go across the street to the bombay club and have you know 16 too many drinks and yeah just like you know it's like i remember like like I, you know i remember 
you know that like it's been a long time for me you know and the obsession is is gone but you know getting into that routine where you know if you've got the one thing that i think a lot of people don't understand about drug addiction and alcoholism if you don't know what it feels like to want that shit in the way that an addict wants it you can't understand what the fuck we're talking about exactly and you know (laughs) and it's like a lot of people kind of like you know you had a little problem it's like you don't you don't get it yeah like where you just all day long you just wait waiting for that drink yeah just to get out so you can walk across the street and sit in a fucking half empty joint and be like i'm good yeah. I'm good now. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, <laughs> the best description I've ever, one, yeah. of, one of the best is, uh, I heard Mike Tyson talking about it. Uh-huh. And he said, have you ever been really hungry? Yeah. Well, think about it, that you're starving. Yeah. <laughs> that you haven't had food in 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody, you know, and the cheeseburger's right over there. Yeah. That insatiable like feeling i mean there's no there's yeah. no conscious thought that goes into it but it's like it's deep man it's weird it's it it, it, it feels like you know i'm gonna get whole yeah yeah and by the way that's the thing too is that you know and that's when i realized that i needed to get help was then when it wasn't just a <clears throat> mental obsession yeah when it became a physical obsession yeah when i wake up in the morning yeah. and i and and i'd and i'd have to you know reach in under the bed for the you know the pine of smirnoff that i hid just to be able to get into the shower i'm wow and so that's when i that's when i quit um that first that time. first time yeah you're like low bottom shit man yeah i mean like yeah you're, you're yeah drinking that was my high bottom yeah i know and i should have stuck right fuck there i should have stuck there i had the chance and everybody and everybody told me that i went to and that they said don't don't do it yeah like i can i you know the guys that come back in and sit down and say i just went out and i tested i i tested it yeah and you know i just got out of jail or i just you know or you know i'm I'm three divorces later yeah my liver's almost gone yeah Yeah. exactly or they're dead or they're dead Oh, and so many of them so many of them. i know man I mean, there's people it's like you mentioned uh permanent midnight in your book jerry's yeah. one of my good friends yeah oh really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's God. like and like that guy that, survived I, I can't talk about triggering yeah <laughs> i can't do well jerry's a he's a warrior he's a survivor yeah you know yeah and he's, 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 well that's he's, the other thing mark too is that you know yeah is it i i ain't alone no i know like, yeah. i'm not like like my story it, it, it's not like it it's rough and it seems rougher because of who my dad is. But the fact of the matter is, is that, I mean, how many, how well, many just, of me do you it's know? It's just lived. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely know many of you, yeah. but, but yeah. like, you know, you you guys are alive to tell the story. How many of you do I, That's, do I know that died? <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean, it's like worse than it is ever now. Yeah. So, all right. So you go to re, so you clean up in 2001? 2000, uh, 2003. So when do you like what what did, what hell how the hell when did you join the service? The oh <laughs> yeah, you know that was one of those that that was one of those decisions that um, you know my my brother had gone into the Army National Guard and uh, had uh, gone to Iraq and um, but this was before he went to Iraq and I had always wanted to do it but I didn't think I could and I started the idea of doing it when I was sober yeah and I unfortunately. Um, uh, uh, acted on the idea when I was not, and so you um, joined or you? I joined. Got, joined. Oh, activated. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I was in that cycle where I yeah. was like, you know, I mean, that's one of the part of the things that people don't understand too, yeah. 
is you get, you know, at least back then, you get, uh, you know, you get 60 days on your belt and you think like, hey, what I should do is join the Navy at right. the age of 41. Well, you're, but you're one of those guys with the big ideas and you do it when you're fucked up. I know. I, I mean. Yeah, but I, I was sober. I mean, like I was sober, but right. I would, but this is the first time yeah. since a long time I realized. Yeah. Why they say don't make any decisions, don't make any big decisions in that first year. Yeah, yeah. and um, and uh, and yeah, don't get into a relationship. Don't make any big decisions. Exactly. Get, don't hang out with the fucking guys anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. I immediately grabbed hold of a woman, and and I and, and I married her. I, yeah. I hung on to her for dear life. I married yeah. her, and then I, she left a drained husk eight yeah. years later. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, well, it hated me. It yeah. still hates me. Yeah, yeah. That's sober. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, you know, I mean, thank God in this time is that the, uh, is that I haven't made any of those decisions. Um, you know, I mean, Melissa literally saved me and I'm, and in that moment. Your current I, wife. Yeah. And I, I knew that I was going to, that God almighty, I had to hang on. Oh, Jesus Christ. That. You got to be pretty beat up, dude. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, after a certain point, I mean, I know you talk about, yeah. you know, being able to bullshit and lie and everything else, but you've got to be humbled. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, in a way that is, um, is, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Well, Humblingly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, when, well, cause like I read the book, like, and at the end I'm like, no, oh, Jesus, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. you're not the only one. Like, oh, so you're yeah, not the only one. I don't think but by the way, I don't that, think he's out of the woods. This kid, no. Dude. But but by the way, yeah. Then when yeah. the book ends, I'm clearly not out of the woods. Okay. That's when the hard work starts. Okay. Man. Good. You know, I say that I like say to everybody. I think I write it in the book. Yeah. Is that this is the truest thing I ever heard? Is that if you, getting sober is easy, all you got to do is change everything. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I can tell you. That the ability to change everything requires, at least for me, not only getting honest with the people around me, but getting honest with myself. And sure. for the first time, I've been I've been allowed to. to I, I give myself permission to do that. Now, you know, it's a hell of a lot easier yeah. when your story's being, um, you know, the concocted story of you out there is even worse than the story that I write in the book. Yeah, but, you know. Do you? Uh, but did you pick up your laptop? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know the creepiest thing is is that I look. I have no clue what's real. Only thing I do know yeah. is that the intelligence community just came out with a report that said the entire thing is Russia's disinformation. And I to tell people just give them my book. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's all right there. Well, no, I, I got the, nothing to hide. Right. The funny yeah. thing is, is like you know, like given how much shit was stolen from you over yeah. the years when you were high. Yeah. Who the I mean, fuck knows? Who, exactly. Who knows? The only thing I do know is that. Rudy Giuliani's supposedly sleeping with it, which is creepy enough just to even think about. Well, I don't know how the hell, like, I mean, like, but, but like, I, I just, I wanted to talk about the, the, the Navy Reserve. Navy, yeah. Because, like, yeah. that seemed to be the, the turning point. Because you got, yeah. what happened? You, yeah. you got busted? Yeah. Well, I was, um, you know, I, I did a, a, a drug test that yeah. I, uh, I failed. I had no idea, truthfully, how I failed it because I knew that, that the drug test was com- coming. Um, I, I still don't know. What was it I, blow? Yeah, that's yeah. It was cocaine. Yeah, yeah. And at this time, I was not smoking crack. Yeah, um, I was drinking heavily. But it was the most goddamn embarrassing thing in, in, that I've ever. I, well, 
at that point it was. Well, at this point, is like, is your brother concerned about you? Yeah. Is your father like, what are we going to do? Is are you? No, no, are no. You... There's never that. See, the thing is, the thing with my family is, there's never like, uh, you know, like a discussion behind my back. Like, what are we going to do about Hunter? It's uh. like, you know. Where the where the fuck oh, is Hunter? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you know, my dad calls me every day. He called me every day through this whole period of time. If he doesn't get me on the phone, then he texts me thirty two times. <laughs> I mean, he literally, you know, there's I, worried. Yeah, I mean, worried, but he's always his whole life. Um, yeah. uh you know, I think you know it's something that you learn when you uh, when you lose people that you love is that you know. If you get a chance to call your the people that, that you care about most, yeah. you do it. And it was, you know, and so my point is, is that there was never a feeling of like, oh my God, I let my dad down. All I knew is that, that I, I let myself down. Yeah. And that they were there to help pick me up. It just seems like with not unlike many addicts that you you start letting yourself down over and over again and you get used to it and then you just see yourself as a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, then you, you know you can't that. get out from under it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but so this is the beginning of the end of the marriage, though, right? Yeah, I I think so. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, divorce is so hard. And you know, my girls, my 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 daughters are so amazing. They love their mom and they love me like so much. You getting along with her? Yeah. Now? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, but it's like you said, put it through it's a lot. It's hard. Put it through a lot, a, a hell of a lot. And, you know, it's, I always say it's the courage to get sober is one thing. The courage to stick around somebody trying to get sober. How many, how many rehabs you go through with her? Uh, let me see. At least six different, um, you know, at least six different programs. And just like it just wears them down. Dude. Yeah, I mean, I did outpatient. I did, yeah. and then and then and then you relapse, and then you lie about it, and then you fess up to it, but you keep drinking, you know, like, and, and then you have to think, oh my god, and then ultimatums are are laid down because that's what they tell you you it's, need to do. I, well, my first marriage, I don't got no kids, so yeah. it's different, but like. It just got to the point where it's like I'm, you know, I'm never going to. There's no way she's going to forgive me after a certain point, and I don't want to live in that. Exactly. That you know, live in the contrition that will never be received. Exactly. And it's not their fault. No, no, you you fucked it up. Yeah, yeah, and that's the truth. Is that um, I'm not even two years clean yet, and oh. so figuring all that out in my head is that I know that I, I know I got a hell of a lot of amends to make to a lot of people. You're doing the thing, though, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, here's, like, what I was trying to see. It's like, yeah. you know, now all of a sudden, you know, you, you get attention from from the right wing over, you know, MBNA initially. But you're, you're, you're attached to your father. You're, you know, you're yeah. Joe Biden's kid. And now, and now you're wrestling with, you know, massive alcoholism. And then, you know, once crack gets into the picture and, you know, you buy yourself, like, a huge house. Yeah. Well, in 2006, right? Oh, no, I didn't. It wasn't a huge house, but it was expensive. expensive. Uh, yeah, exactly. My, my exactly. point being yeah. is that, like, you're nuts no, exactly. getting out of control. Yeah, I, I, you know, what I did was I sent three girls to, to private school, yeah. and I'm, you know, and I buy a house in, um, you know, Spring Valley, close yeah. to the school, and you want to be in Washington instead of, in, right. you know, in, in Virginia, and... I don't have any savings, and yeah. so it's literally, you know, I'm what I'm what I'm making is going to, you know, paying for house tuitions to for the vacation what, that you want to take for the, you know, I mean, to live life, that life. life, right? So when did the international hustle start? 
Not until after Bo got sick. And so... Oh, oh, so like um, 2014. So you were just doing. Oh, oh, right. So yeah. you. So the other gigs were like you know you started a hedge fund with your uncle and did something. I tried to start, a and that didn't work out. <laughs> no, it didn't work out. I was sober. I was sober then. It just you yeah. did, it, it wasn't just didn't your work bag. out. You know, I mean, one thing is that I, you, you think that um, you know D.C. is bad. Go to Wall Street. I mean, it's just like oh my god. But you did some lobbying and you worked for Amtrak. I, for, and, well, I did that. My 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 core business was lobbying on behalf of the Jesuit universities. Okay, okay. And then, like, once your dad becomes VP, you yeah. can't do that. And I didn't work for Amtrak. I, right. you know, that was a non-paid You're on the board, board right. position. I mean, they, you, don't, you don't get paid at all. Right. I mean, that, that was like, I was appointed by George Bush to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I guess the point is, like, again, when your dad becomes VP, it takes a shot at your business. A hundred percent. And so I, I dropped because the, the Obama campaign had made, uh, and the McCain campaign yeah. had made such a big deal about lobbying and, and what they used to call earmarking. Yeah. And things and so i i completely changed my business and um i dropped all my lobbying clients yeah so that that wasn't an issue i worked on behalf of a big um engineering company yeah. and that you know just to do business um you know where was that uh, they were based out of uh, wichita kansas oh, yeah. um, but they do i mean they built you know roads and and uh and bridges and and stadiums and what and what exactly like do you do for these places, for them, like as a, yeah, what I was doing, I was a consultant for them. So I go that in. Mean? Well, what it means is is that if they wanted to go into uh, into the city of Baltimore yeah. for the new stadium, right? You know, I would help them. I oh. would figure out with them, you know, who, who the people what, are to yeah, talk the to, the regulatory environment, you know, because I was a lawyer too, right. and so you know, who are the people to talk to? What are the regulatory hurdles? But at this yeah. point, like, are you feeling sober? You're sober, but are you feeling desperate? Well, I mean, I have to, I have to pay the bills, and yeah. they're bad. They're big, right? Yeah, but I wasn't desperate. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, and that's two thousand in that's two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, when yeah. I start that new business, and you know, I, I, I had a good, um, I built up a really good business. Yeah, and I was proud of that business. And then when does it, when does it start to get? It seems that you know China and and the Ukraine is yeah. the portal through which the right wing runs the exactly. the, the big yeah. the big racket through you yeah. Yeah. and like it seems to me that you were so like you know in need of money and bordering on being out of control yeah. that the idea that you could manage a conspiracy oh like, I mean that's the most ridiculous thing is that I mean <laughs> literally it's so it's so banal I mean as it relates to Ukraine. Just take this. Is that the thing that drives me the craziest? Yeah. Is this idea that I never had a job right. and that somebody like plucked me out of the you know uh, you know uh, a target and decided that this is the way that they're going to you know create a, um, a a criminal empire or something? Yeah. Um. You know, I was at least on fourteen boards. Yeah. I, I served on fourteen boards in major positions. And in some of them, I was ahead of the corporate governance committee. I was a I was a lawyer at that time. I was working for uh, I was of counsel to Boy Schiller and Flexner, which is one of the biggest law firms in the world. What What is the benefit of being on a board? Why so many? Well, boards? because it was all service oriented. So yeah. I did the you know the uh, the World Food Program U.S. I was yeah. on the Center for National Policy. I yeah, was yeah. on the you know I mean a whole different bunch of boards. I was on you know JVC Northwest Advisory Board. I was yeah, on yeah. Catholic Charities. Right. Um, you right. know I mean made you look like good. 
And you enjoyed uh, doing you it. You know, I actually really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And I didn't need to, I, I wasn't running for anything. Yeah. I wasn't, uh, and you know, I mean, look good to who? I mean, no, uh, nobody was writing about the number of boards I was well, on, no, and but they I, still don't. Maybe to yourself is what I mean. Oh, it made me feel good. Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, because like, at some point you're, yeah, there, an active battle begins 100%. in, in the dark you and the and the you that is uh, of service. The 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 the, the me that uh, that has to pay tuitions and uh, not just tuitions. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, I mean, life, alimony you know, at some life. point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, spousal support, uh, child support. Now, I mean, that's all comes later. Yeah. Um, but um, but the uh, but anyway, my yeah. my point is is that I didn't have any issue with going to work for a company that was under threat from a uh, an invading Russia yeah. of its of its entire existence and they came to me as a lawyer at Boy Schiller and to do Burisma did yeah Burisma did because they wanted to legitimize their business well, after no. They, uh, I, I think ultimately that's yeah. what it is because they wanted to expand internationally because they knew that they couldn't only depend upon Ukraine for their entirety and, of their and, business. And they were once an appendage of Russia. I mean, they, they, the, the Ukraine was- uh, Exactly. It was an it, oligarchical structure. It, yeah. And so this is post-oligarchical structure. Yeah. And they want to you know, broaden the business on an international level to give them some exactly. credibility and exactly. some- um, Some freedom. They kick out Yanukovych. Yeah. They have a, a, a democratic held election. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of reforms. Yeah. But then Putin um, invades their East Coast. Yeah. Um, mainly for one thing, for their natural gas. Yeah. Um, and so he takes over Crimea. And, you know, and so, you know, Burisma is an independent largest natural gas company in, in, in uh, Ukraine. Yeah. And, you know, is feeling very threatened. And so it came to me as a, as a lawyer to... Help them do a own internal security check to yeah. basically determine whether or not you know Kroll had done a report, which is one of those big international uh, you know security and investigation yeah. firms, and I had them do another a Nardello. That's report. Nick Kroll's dad, the comedian. Oh, is it really? I think so. I Seriously? think that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's got it good. But um, <laughs> anyway, long story short, yeah. I'd done both of those and come to the conclusion that they yeah. were, you know, they were, as, as things on go, the level. on the level, really on the level. Yeah. And there was a guy that was president of the, um, uh, president of Poland, the first democratic, yeah. really, truly democratic president of Poland, a guy named Kosnevsky, who was on the board. Yeah. And he's a beacon of democracy. Right. He literally is like, you know, right. one of the loudest voices against what's happening in Poland now. And he said, and he called me and he said, Hunter, would you join the board to do what? And he said, well... Number one, it's really important for us to be able to go outside of Ukraine. Yeah. And we need to show that we're different. Right. That we're different than this mess. The other one is to Putin, is to say, you know, we're, we're, we're choosing the other side. Right. And the third one is, is that I had a, a, an expertise in corporate governance. And right. I said if my role was limited to that, that's what I would do. And I did the job, yeah. you know. Now, I did not take into consideration that this would be a flat-out Russian operation, to, uh, you know, with all of these guys, I mean, supposedly directly from the desk of Vladimir Putin. I mean, that's what the which DNI guy, report. Which, which operation? Uh, to a, a disinformation. Uh, about you. About me. Right. That ultimately. And so what they, what they then did was what ended up, re, um, you know, requiring an impeachment. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is try to muscle the yeah. government of the Ukraine to open an investigation into you exactly. and your father. Yeah. And I... I 
it doesn't sound like your father was involved not at even, all. I mean, God almighty. I mean, not even a, a, a and no, by the but, way, no one has ever found that. No one, not, not no, Of course once. not. But, yeah. but, but like yeah. when, but he knows you're doing the job. Yeah. 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 But it, it, yeah. Does he say things like, is it, is it okay? Everything all right? You know? well, I, well, I, I, I did the press release yeah. when I joined the board. Right. And that was part of it. And yeah. he said, I hope you know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the only conversation we had on it. Because at that time, I really did know what I was doing. Yeah. I did not take into account. And he the, wasn't going to run for president at that time. And he wasn't going to run for right. president at the yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah. And I was a year away. Bo yeah. was, um, uh, you know, Bo had been diagnosed. Oh, really? Um, about uh, seven months before that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, glioblastoma. And that's not a, that prognosis is just no good, huh? It's, uh, and how's your drug use at that years. time? It was nothing. I mean, not, I, I had uh, I was I was clean and sober. Mm. Um, um, through then to um, to when Bo dies. Mm. And when did, when did were you working for uh, BHR Partners? Oh uh, well, that? that you know was a um, and is a. A private equity firm. Yeah. And the idea was to create a private equity group to be able to um, uh, invest um, outside of China into, um, you know, U.S. infrastructure yeah. projects and things like that, which right. all, you know, shut down. I mean, again, I mean, it really kind of simple thing. I invested in it. I have never received a dollar from it, not a dime. Well, that's, I'm, I think, the, you know, the one part of the story that nobody really gets into is like, you make a lot of bread. You make a lot of money. On no, this none. Thing. I mean, zero. <laughs> I, 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 literally. And, you know, I mean, they have me, like, carrying a bag of... I mean, it's like, it becomes ridiculous. Well, how we now? But how did you not drink or use a, 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 once that starts to happen? I mean, like, you know, once... Well, that he, didn't start to happen until after Bo died. It didn't? No. Oh, so that was leading up to 2016. No. So, remember, I... I so, right, I, okay. I, exactly. Yeah, And yeah. so, 2015, in, in, at the end of May, Bo passes away. Yeah. I'm, I stayed sober. I wouldn't... That whole, you know... Uh, you know, a little less than two years. I mean, I'm with my brother constantly. Were you there at the? You were there in the hospital every day. Oh yeah. I mean, I I I I never left. I I you know, and I would I went with him everywhere. And um, and that it was a slow decline. Yeah, and so, you know, we tried everything, and we did the you know, you did the. Anyway, we did everything. Um, thinking back on it, is that I would never put him through that again. What, the, he, what, did he not chemo want and the radiation? Did, did, no, did, I mean he—he he was look. He didn't want to hear the statistics. You know, uh -huh. I mean, glioblastoma stage four, um, multiform. Mm. Um, the, the you know the survivability is, I think, like point two percent, or uh, I mean, it's like beyond de minimis. Mm. And um, and making it past two years, I think only like something like yeah one uh, percent of people even make it past two years but yeah. with severe disabilities. And w were you able to get closure all the way? I mean, were you able to Bo and I? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I am. Um, I I don't know how. It's a. Uh, I know he's. Uh, I know he's here now. Yeah. But he felt like he was very far away for a long time after he died, because of the drugs. Uh Because of your own pain. Yeah, my own pain. And yeah. Drugs make it even. You know. The drugs drive that feeling away, but they make the distance even further. You know. Yeah, it seemed like he kind of got untethered from yourself. Completely. 
Completely. So Bo dies. There was a low-level burn, which I realized is that from the very beginning, there was a, um, uh, you know, what's the one thing that is obvious to everybody that is the most important thing in my dad's life? It's his family. Yeah. And so, you know, I think they looked out there and thought, okay, where's the weak link? And, um, you know, and it's not, you know, I mean, DC is a small place. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy to, you know, too difficult to figure out, um, you know, well, you know, uh, the, the attacks start then and they just kind of ramp up and they obviously become, uh, you know, exponentially worse as my personal life just unravels. Do you think the idea was to scare Joe out of running? Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I think that they thought that it would be a big enough distraction because, look, the the essence of their attacks yeah. are, are literally, the there's zero truth to them. But knowing that you got a son that just died and, and, another your, one is... and your other son who's, um, who's near death in many ways, and if you just keep pounding on him, like, how does a guy survive that? How does how, how does your some, father? Yeah, survive? how does somebody survive that? Yeah, and um, it must have been killing him. I yeah, mean, hurting his feet, oh, breaking his heart. Right? Oh God! I mean, that's like what it, I wake up every day, and just think, my God! Yeah, like that that guilt, that guilt for putting my girls through that. You know, those days and times in which you know. I, when you were no idea what yeah where I was or you know what the hell was going on or you know well that whole well how many years what that was like five eight four or five years so 2015 yeah you know um I but I go immediately to rehab you know two months after Bo so when did you first smoke the crack uh not until um that uh next year Uh um so 2000. I think sixteen. Mm. I get it all. I really do get it in in my mind. I, I went through when I was writing it, and I had to really like lay it out. I mean, I wrote it out longhand. Each part, you know, part of it. Like, okay, what's the you know, how do these all match up? Yeah. And then I had to have somebody else. I asked somebody else to go and like, how Sorry do I piece it. together to make certain that I'm telling the right things? Because yeah. so much of it actually really bleeds together. But then, you know, a year after, basically, um, uh, Bo dies. I, um, I. Uh, I'm in another treatment program. So that first year, I went to a treatment program, um, spent 40 days there, got out, went back to my yoga, um, you know, six times a week, and um, and uh, and all of that. And um, but then my marriage is completely unraveling. Yeah. And um, I'm living alone for the first time in my life in separation and agreement that we made. And my brother's gone, and um, I'm living in that that grief by myself for yeah. the first time ever yeah. and um and uh and i drink again yeah. and then i get back on the horse but you know i'm closest probably ever came to death with that period of drinking i was drinking you know at least um court at least a quarter day at least a quarter day i mean that uh, vodka yeah 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 just by yourself just by myself just sitting there i mean you know i mean Combine that with the, that level of grief, like you, you know, I felt like I lost everybody. And but then you just pounding, like you're not letting yourself come up for air at all. Don't want to, right? Oh, you know. I, I mean, it, literally. Yeah. It would the, the the strength to be able to get out the door and walk 
across the street to yeah. a liquor store. I mean, I think about that today, and it still gives me the chills more than anything. Yeah. And then I went, I went into a, I went to outpatient program, and then I screwed up. But they wanted me to, you know, take a drug test, and I didn't want to take the drug test because I just admitted it to them. And I said, if I take the drug oh, test okay. and it leaks, then I, it's the second time that it looks like I failed a drug test. I yeah. was in my, I was um, uh, actively going through a divorce. Yeah. and want it to be that, and so they said, no. Well, you have to take the drug test. Or you can't come back. And then, yeah, that was the only excuse I needed. I literally walked out the door. Ran into um, you know Rhea, who's in the book. That that whole yeah. thing, that whole book turns on this Rhea character, like you, you, you know yeah. where, like all of a sudden, you, you know, you have this whole life with your family, with with Bo and the passing of Bo, and and you're putting your family through this, you know, r- n- nightmare of of not knowing if you're going to be okay, and you know, and and repeating, and then you meet this woman, and I I've I when I was using, I I I know what it's like to have a guy. That can get you the shit, yeah. As opposed to, yeah, you going out into the world to get the shit, which you did plenty of yeah. too. But you talk about this woman in in very respectful and, and yeah. reverential, and like it was a real relationship. You you basically let, invited a houseless woman who yeah. rode around on her bicycle, high on crack, to live in your house. Yeah, for yeah. months. I know. And and I, it's by the I way. I know you know. I mean, you got to read. I know you know. I know. Um, you got to read it. Um, yeah, yeah. Of to course. get the full. No, um, but like the that's where the it. tone changed because it's like, you know, yeah. it was. It, you really get the feeling that once you hit that bottom and you live there, that's that's all you had, and that the immediacy of yeah. feeding the monkey, of of honoring the addiction at any cost, was yeah. the, what you were living for. Yeah. And you met her, and she lived the same way. And, and somehow or another, you, you know, you had this understanding with each other. Yeah. Well, one of the things about crack is that it's not, it's, it's uh, number one, it's not nearly as, as widespread as it, as it was when we were, um, you know. Like, kids, yeah. yeah kids. Um, but there is, there is a thing about it that is, that hits on every single obsessive, compulsive, addictive uh, part of your being. Yeah. You know, it's literally... The you know fire yeah it's you know I mean it has all of the addiction of all of the the physical movements of yeah. smoking yeah you know like it is the oral fixation yeah and then it has the um you know the fixation with the the sound of the of the lighter yeah. going off yeah then you have all of your little tools and yeah. all of the little things that yeah. you need the to ritual. do the ritual of it yeah. it's got that ritual and yeah. then it's got that big bang for its buck at the outset yeah. And all of those things, and you literally, if you f- you find yourself, yeah, if you if you if you're like willing to go down that rabbit hole, yeah. which I pray God nobody does listen to this, because it is awful, but it becomes everything. I mean, what it does. I mean, I spent more time crawling around on the floor in apartments, motel rooms, hotel rooms, um, you know, the park, yeah, you know, looking for little white pieces of something yeah then uh, you can imagine like hours and yeah. hours and hours and you can just sit there as long as the supply keeps coming in and do it for hours and hours and hours and when the supply weeks? ends uh, weeks you're talking weeks, about not months, sleeping for months, weeks oh weeks yeah i mean i would literally i think by the end you know i was there i was maybe getting 10 hours of sleep a week a week at best and you just do it and do it and do it the only breaks would come when you'd run out, and this was after Rhea. Yeah. Um, uh, 
and I moved from Washington and was living basically from motel to motel, is you run out. And the things that you will do, I mean, I had dealers that would that tell me, like, I'll meet you at the 7-Eleven on X and Y yeah. at 4.30. A.M. Yeah. And I'd get there at 4.30 a.m. And you'd be the only one sitting on the parking lot. And the guy would be looking at you through the window. And you know exactly what he was thinking. And yeah. even if it wasn't what he was thinking, yeah. you were absolutely certain that that's what he was thinking. Right. He's going to call a cop. And so you're sitting there. You sit, you go low in your seat. You go high in your seat. You act like it's normal. You go in to buy it. And it's 6.30. And you finally get the, the guy back on the phone. And he said, I'm pulling in right now. I'm pulling in right now. And you're in a 7-Eleven. What do you mean you're pulling in right now? <laughs> I mean, it's like, what? Yeah, it's not the Autobahn you're... Well, that's the whole other relationship you talked about was with that guy, John. It's very interesting to me that the relationship with Rhea, the houseless person on the bicycle who you lived with for five months and watched crime shows with and smoked crack with compulsively, and then you got this guy, John, who was some sort of hustler that seemed to have like a a stable of crackheads, and and, uh, the way you sort of try to understand your behavior, and even just hearing you talk about... The ritual of of smoking crack, it's like, and you said it in the book, you're like, when people don't understand why drug addicts do what they do, it's because we fucking love drugs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like, even when you talk about it, I'm sitting here going like, oh my God. Yeah. Getting a little. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A little sweaty pumped. But but like at this point when you, you know, at this point in your life where I have to assume that like your family is sort of like, well, if he dies, he dies. There's nothing we can do. No, God, no. It's the exact opposite. They really? would think we're, you know, I, I, one of the things I, I write about in the book is this uh, intervention scene, which happened on, uh, you know, on multiple mini levels. Yeah. Like constantly. But, the, you know, the, 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 the big, um, you know, theatrical production was yeah. when my mom calls me and I'm in one of those motels and for some reason she gets through to me and, and, and gets you know truly through to me and says, "Come down, we miss you so much. Yeah, want, please come down and see us." And yeah, I come down and I walk in, and there are two, my 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 three daughters, my niece and nephew, my mom, my dad, and two counselors from yeah. a uh, from a rehab. But at concert. this point, you're like fucking taking a hit every fifteen minutes. Every 15 you can't. Minutes. You're no longer functioning. Where are you getting yeah. the money at this point? Well, I mean, I still had um, uh, some of my business, but I'm not like showing up. You know, um, I mean, it's running out. It's running out. Um, fast. Okay, because like yeah. the the scene you depict with you know these fucking like I knew like when I was in Hollywood at yeah. the comedy store in my early twenties, like yeah. living you know on someone else's you know in someone else's house and, yeah. and hosting these fucking coke parties. Yeah, the riffraff that would come and go. They'd yeah. steal shit. Yeah, and you like you 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 kind of like prided yourself on knowing this fucking you know weird underworld of like for me it was yes. like these porno people and drug dealers and yeah. freaks and yeah. you're like this is life man yeah 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 and and in in the moment you embrace that that's for sure is that you think that yeah. you're like some kind of like oh you know i like i mean but it's but God, it's, you but get away from it you're like jesus but like I, i'm here with you like yeah. an hour and it's like yeah. you're you're a sensitive guy you're a sweet guy and you allowed yourself to be a mark i mean yeah. you knew yeah. that they were taking you oh yeah but like, I, that I, don't was, know, I don't know of anybody that's an addict that isn't a mark though no you know i guess I mean? so yeah. i guess so but like there but there's two sides of it right either you're going to be like the guy with the gun or the guy that just says i don't care take my wallet yeah yeah. And you're that guy. Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Which is probably lucky. Yeah, that you're not that, that hard. Was, by the way, that was part of the resignation too. You know, like yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah, you know, like I knew what I was doing was just, just awful. 
that I was killing myself. And and it was like, so, you know, so somebody steals my wallet. Like, that's the least of my goddamn problems, you know? I mean- But over and over again, it over seems. Over and over again. <laughs> over and over again. But by the way, yeah. again, like I said, if yeah. you're addicted to crack the way in which I would addicted to crack, or, you know, is it, you're an easy mark for anybody, yeah. let alone- Because you're so fucking- Let alone the, the predators that make a living out, out of doing that. Right. And you're easy, I mean, it, you're- easily identifiable prey because you're walking up to the lion you know yeah. what i mean you're, you you need them and so you put your head in their jaws and just you know like sometimes they bite and sometimes they don't and sometimes they uh, you know i mean it's just a- absolutely the most uh you know insidious maniacal life so yeah. but like so all this shit is going down yeah. you know you're being hammered as the the kingpin of this grand conspiracy. The, the sitting president is impeached by the House, trying to fucking hang you out to dry, trying yeah. to 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 yeah. to get you, you yeah. know, yeah. investigated. That's yeah. you, you and your you really the reason yeah. why he got impeached. Yeah. And so, <laughs> by the way, the book ends when I get sober, right? And that's when they just start on me in earnest. And what happens is, I mean, start in on like this. Giuliani starts in on this whole Ukraine thing. Oh, really? So, so that's okay, May so of two thousand and eighteen. Okay, well, let's just. I just want to like ex- express my concern. I mean, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. To a degree that, like, so you, you know, you, you've, you've committed your life to dying a crackhead, probably in a hotel room in some sad fucking way. Yeah. You did some strange, cracked out New Yorker interview. Uh, by the way. Probably the thing that saved my life, yeah, is because that was the first time I told anybody outside of in my family. You, but you were but, any idea what was going on? So was the was the idea there to 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 help yourself or to 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 help oh, your dad? Oh God! I, all I all I knew is yeah. that I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell anybody in the How campaign. Bad you I didn't tell anybody except you know. There was a part of me that's still a snob, and it was a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist from the New Yorker, and I thought, oh, that sounds like a great idea. But he didn't know you were- And it was like a therapy session, yeah. though. I, so I told him like the whole thing, because it was all about, well, you know, what about this and the Ukrainian that? I, it's like, none of that's true, but yeah. here, I'll tell you something that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I'll tell you something that's true. <laughs> this part's true. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? That was my, like, fuck it. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, I, like tell the world this is who I am. All this other stuff, total BS. Yeah, but this is who I am. And you were jacked. Yeah, I, yeah, and and for the first seventy five percent of it, and then I meet Melissa. Yeah, see, this is the, here's the concern. It's sort of like so you're like not even really down. You're still high. Yeah, when you meet this woman. Yeah. Oh, but I was at my lowest. My lowest low. Like you've, I, been, you've been thrown out of another hotel. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was I, that 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 was I I, ne- I was never thrown out. They just never had a room for me the next day. Right, right. Because you <laughs> yeah, go day exactly. to day, you know. Yeah, I mean, I you know I I still you know I I was a valet all through college, and um, so I still you know have a, my 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 valet friends who are uh, you know saved my life. I don't know how many times. Oh, how so? Just, uh, just taking making certain that you know. Not letting that guy that was clearly coming to do something, you know, oh. bad into the hotel room, right, or right, like right. you know, like you know, taking my keys from me, not being able to find it, at, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, like yeah. I, I, you know, that's I, I, one thing is really important too. Yeah, you know, those times that you're talking about, you were saying, you know, you know at the end of your, yeah. you know, um, run. Yeah, you know, one thing is that 
I think back on it now, and because I wrote the book, it was such a such a useful exercise for me to also realize so many acts of kindness from virtual strangers, yeah. of people that literally, you know, like you ask why I didn't like why I was more of a mark instead of a um, you know an aggressor, and, yeah. and is that one of the reasons too? Number one, that's me. Is yeah. that I you know I I I hate meanness, um, but I'll tell you what. Some people that you know had no reason, no gain for them. Yeah, that pulled me out of a you know the way the on, whatever oncoming bus. Yeah, um, that it was. It just happened over and over and over again for me. And um, your uncle too. My uncle, look, my uncle is uh, the most amazing man. One of the most amazing people I know. Yeah, he is literally there for 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 everyone he's my he's my best friend in the world and uh my uncle jim he's yeah. just uh, yeah i mean he's he is uh an incredible human being in his yeah. own right and so anyway long story short though is that when i'm when i meet melissa i'm talking to adamentos with the new yorker yeah and i'm it's like a it's like a two-hour therapy session each night yeah and i'm telling my whole life story yeah and I get set up on a date, which I wasn't dating anybody. <laughs> you no, know you're, I mean? like, you're out of your mind. I'm out of my mind. And for some reason, I decide to call. Like, But it was weird because it was like some people that were at the hotel. You didn't really know At the hotel. The I never met her before that, in my life. They yeah, said, yeah, you got to yeah, meet yeah. this woman. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, uh, you know, which uh, <laughs> anyway, I call and we set up a time and she doesn't show up and then she doesn't show up again and she doesn't show up again. She has no idea who I am. No idea. All they knew was me as Hunter. But they you just, haven't slept. You're out of your fucking mind. Didn't you ever hear voices mind. in your head? Oh, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, that, there's a whole scene in the book in which I think I had a, um, you know, not sleeping for 16 days driving yeah. to, to Prescott, Arizona. Oh, the and, owl? Uh, yeah, that owl. I tell you what. I don't like It's the realest thing in my life. But I, I, but, you I, didn't, I, but you didn't think it was Bo? Yeah. I always think it is, Bo. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't say that in the book. I know. I didn't want to get too California on everybody, but I, I absolutely felt that way. I still do. I still do. I mean, I that's the other part about it, is that those little things, it's like, yeah. wow. But I walk in, and yeah. there's this incredibly beautiful South African woman from a big Jewish family in Johannesburg, yeah. and yeah. a... um. And I just look and I like I see something. I recognize something. I don't know whether I saw, you know, like I saw, you know, whatever the unconditional love that my brother had for me. Yeah. I knew that that's what I saw. I'm not the first person who, you know, love at first sight. I'm but and within an hour I tell her everything. Mm. And, you know, to her credit or or not, I mean to is that she just said that's gonna end. And I don't know why, Mark. It got it like it. It found its way through all of that crack, all of that vodka, yeah, all of that grief, all of that sadness, all of that shame, all of that guilt. It found its way to, and I said, "Okay, yeah." And and, and now that's not the end of the story. You know, what I mean, it's not. It's not that. I mean, then it took like, holy shit! What does that mean? That means that you know, Melissa literally like. She took my keys, she took my phone, she took my clothes, she took my, you know, I mean, she had to basically play my jailer. 
for you know to get you yeah. to detox. Yeah, to, well, not just to detox, but then to make certain you know I was still you know like yeah. she never left my side. She never left the apartment. Right. She never left the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she and she for some reason intuitively knew that she couldn't. And it's just it, I think that 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 anybody to do that for another human being yeah. is somebody I want to be with the rest of my life. And yeah, I um, never really I didn't like in the book like I didn't really. Like until I'm talking to you now and knowing, feeling like who you are is like, you were just like so wide open, so broken, so broken, and so like you know there there you were just like a just you you were just a throbbing sort of heart there, yeah you know just like so like the idea because like my first when I read it I'm like you know this is like a, a junky thing you know like he's getting off on this moment and he's in trouble yeah but like you know when you explain it. You you were just sort of like you were it was you were finished finished, <laughs> I, and I and by the way right, right at that moment I knew I was finished yeah and I and I saw like I think that's my brother too I think yeah. it's my mom I think it's the you know and I know it is them in terms of the um, I think it's my dad you know I mean. When you're at the bottom of that well, you know, people ever say, you know, let them hit bottom. Yeah. People I know who hit bottom are dead. Yeah. You know? I, I, my friend used to do a bit about how, like, when you hit bottom, you'd be, you'd be surprised how much give that floor has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can go much <laughs> lower than you think. But, you know, yeah. I I always have said, and I really believe this, yeah. is that finding your way out yeah. of that tunnel you know, when there's no light on either end, mm. um, without somebody coming back in for you with a lantern, is almost impossible, if not impossible. And somebody came in with a light, and I saw it, and I grabbed for it, and I and I haven't let go. Why? Well, uh, well, I, I I hope I hope it. You know, I'm happy for you, and you know, and I hope I hope it works out. And you got yeah. a little baby now. How old? Baby Bo, named after my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One year, one year. It just yeah. seems like you know you, you somehow you know the love got through somewhere. You you found like you know that that's what, the whole story, right? What you needed in your heart, that whatever you were doing with this pain was killing you, yeah, over and over again. And, and it seems like your whole family, the ones that were still with you, you know, had had a, a, a lot of faith in in your ability to hopefully get back to who you were, yeah, yeah. And somehow you have you know right now, yeah. And well, that's. I mean, it's a, it's a great story, but you know, I'm I I'm, I still am concerned, and I hope you're taking care of yourself. And- no, I'm concerned. You know, I mean, I and I really am in the sense of like I have a healthy fear. And, you should have a, a yeah. healthy and unhealthy and just fear in general. Yeah, fear. Should. No, but I'm saying is I'm like I'm not living in that, but it's like yeah. you know, like no. I'm I'm leaving here, and I got I'm going. Straight home, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I literally don't. I I am. I'm still. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I I still am close enough and have had uh, enough experience. So and you know, uh, do you do the you know, Zoom meetings or? No, I don't do Zoom meetings, mm. but I I do uh, calls with people that I trusted in the program. I mean, right. almost not almost every every day. That's good. Every and day. you talk to your old man every day? I talk to him, yeah, every night before he goes to bed. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And your mom, everybody? Yeah, everybody's great. My and girls are great. My um, uh, They must be real, amazing. relieved. I, uh, yeah. They're, they're tenuous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, beyond relieved. I mean, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, I, I put them through so much. I mean, and uh, I just am 
so incredibly grateful. And what about like, because I know that, you know, there, there was very public sort of uh, strange grief driven relationship with your brother's wife. Yeah. And are you guys all right? Yeah, fine. I mean, I, I adore um, her and uh, and uh, Natalie and Hunter, my niece and nephew, are like my own. And, and um, you know. Everybody's okay. Everybody's that got weird okay. for a while, but now you're okay. Yeah, it did. I mean, it would both, you know, I was uh, that was one thing. It was like kind of all out of love. and Yeah, and the grief thing is, is weird because so, like. Yeah. Grief is like you don't know what the hell it's going to do to you. I lost somebody, you know. I know. I'm almost sorry. Almost a year yeah. ago, and uh, what a stupid thing to say. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh no, you no, know, no I get I, it. But like you don't, you yeah. don't like you, you know. You, there's no way to judge or to understand behavior that happens in in that need yeah. of 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 sort of relief from that trauma. Yeah. You, you know, and like my brother got divorced and and married somebody, and their exes married each other. Like yeah. you know, people do. To hold on to something. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and, you and know, it just made sense, I imagine, for a while. It did. It thought it was like bringing. I, I thought we were kind of. It was. This is like maybe we're bringing back. Oh, you know what? Some. Oh, really? So you would summon you know, him like, back, you know, right? I mean, right? Like, like maybe between like, the yeah, two of you. Yeah. Well, the, the other example, I, it was not really my brother, but I know a woman who used to work with a woman who went on some sort of mission, you know, a humanitarian mission in Iraq. Yeah. And was killed. Yeah. And the and the friend at home has like. You know, she's made a foundation. Her whole life has been in the memory of this person. Yeah. And she actually dated that yeah. person's yeah. boyfriend for a yeah. while because yeah. of the grief you yeah. come together, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And I was alone. And, and uh, Hallie's her name? Yeah. yeah. And, but, but everything's good. That's and, good. You that's know, good. I mean, uh, but, you know, no one comes in, uh, you know, to uh, recovery, you know, um, uh, you know, on a roll. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah. And no, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like I just think you, you, you know, because I know the one thing in the book, and like, look, I'm no bleeding deacon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, and my program is whatever it is. But I do know that in the first five years of my sobriety, I was every day with the meeting, put sobriety first before anything else. Yep. You know, nothing. You know, and and I was I hammered that shit in my head every fucking day. Yep. And, uh, and I, by the way, so do I. Okay, hundred percent. Okay, I am literally. I I, I am. Uh, I have a a discussion with somebody in the program. Yeah. Every single day, mostly got you know, sponsor three times a day. Yep, got a sponsor. So when are you going to do that fourth? What? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> the book. Part the of it was it. the book. Yeah. And you know, and and uh, you know, maybe a little bit right here, but yeah. I. But it it is a. Uh, but yeah. that is um, look. I don't care what anybody says about the program. It's it is uh, it saved me, sure, it, and it and it's and it keeps saving me. And so, and all I know is at the end of it is one thing: is that that whole, you know, the promises and and yeah, the and, obsession will be lifted. Yeah, That's the big one. Yeah, and you can, which allows you to be of service to other people, Oof, and man. hopefully that that is what the book does. I mean, it gives me an opportunity. You know, made me nervous for you, but but I'm glad that it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you. As as somebody who, because like the one thing I noticed was that like when right when you start talking about Rhea and when the crack comes in, once you get through yeah. the death, is sort of like yeah. the amount of focus to the ritual yeah. of smoking crack yeah. to the to the uh, the the, yeah. the the choy boy yeah. and the uh, hard yeah. and and all the lingo is like. Oh boy! Yeah, He's good. yeah, <laughs> he yeah. loves his shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 
but uh, but no, but but we we don't. I, you know, I, I I think you're. It sounds like you know you're you're doing what you have to do, and and it sounds like you got you know a beautiful thing going on, and your family feels better, and your your dad's president, and you, there's a little you can feel like you're not dragging him uh, a bit. You know, yeah. he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Now, but but you are you still in a little bit of trouble? Oh no! I mean, there's an investigation. I uh-huh. think everything's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, but it's you know, I, I let let it play itself out. But I'm absolutely certain at the end of the day, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm absolutely. I did nothing wrong, and so what is it? Taxes. Taxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm. I I got. I have really um, good accountants. It's like so. it's tricky, man. It must be. Do you ever? Does the weight of that kind of like after everything that that's gone on? In terms of you know you, your name dra- being dragged, and and you being used as this uh, portal to try to damage your dad, that like you know like it seems to me it's one of those situations that yeah you know, it's a difficult on either side. If you do get off, they're going to be like oh he got off because of his old man. Yeah, and then if you yeah. don't get off, it's going to be the most painful thing in the world for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I just know that you know. I'm cooperating with anything anybody wants to ask me. I'm an absolute open book, complete all right. transparency. It's Good. all out there, all right. and what you know, and whatever it, whatever comes, I know that there are uh, people that are you know professionals, and this is what they do, and yeah. and it's going to come to a conclusion. I, I I know what I know what I've um, done, and I know that I've done nothing wrong, and okay. so I'm I'm uh, going to let the process play out. Yeah, but it's it, I'm going to be okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> I I I I got to believe. You know what I I do I do appreciate. I mean it for real. Yeah. I appreciate the concern. I you know I, the <laughs> people listening can't see this, but your eyes. I yeah. see it in your eyes too. I'm <laughs> okay, buddy. I really do. All right, I appreciate man. it. Well, I well good luck with the book, and uh, you know and and uh, you know take care of yourself. Oh, for real, it's an honor. Thanks, um, man. You know, I, one of the things since I've been is uh, I, I listen to you um, twice a week. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, you kept me tethered. Um, oh good. To the to uh, the thing. The thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank well, you. I'll give you my number. You can, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, anytime you need to call, I appreciate it. Okay, man. All right, thank you. Yeah. Yes, that was Hunter Biden. Try to stay in touch. With him around the sobriety thing, um, I feel like that he's a, a pretty tender-hearted guy. Beneath all this, he's definitely not a sociopath or a bad dude. And uh, and I and I and I believe he knows he still has got a uh, long road ahead of him. And I wish him well, and I'll help how I can. Do what you can, folks. Hang in there. How about a little guitar? How about it?
monkey the fonda cat angels everywhere sammy the sidestepper buster the bully all accounted for (laughs) 